You're a Jags fan, you're an NFL fan, and it's simple. You're looking for the best Jaguar content, and that's right here on the Poogee Podcast. Subscribe to the channel, like the video, comment your thoughts, tell your friends and family. Let's go. What is he doing? Nah, bro, I think he's legit. You just can't do that in that situation. Nah, you couldn't be more wrong. Yeah, I could agree with that. This is the Poogee Podcast. What is going on, Pooge crew? Thank you for tuning in to episode 148 of the Pooge podcast. Very quick video for you today, uh, contrary to our 50-minute typical weekly episodes. Quick video today. I know it is already Friday. Been a hectic week moving around town. Still in Jacksonville, though, but we wanted to get something out to you for this massive Week 18 matchup. I'm going to welcome Kyle in to the podcast. Thank you for being here, bro. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I know it's uh, been a crazy week for you and obviously Monday off of work and stuff. Uh, but yeah, I think it's good that we're getting a quick one out before the big game tomorrow. Yeah, I uh, really wanted to focus on getting the move completed before a massive Saturday night matchup against the Tennessee Titans so I could just relax and not have to worry about moving logistics. Mm-hmm. But here we are posting the video, posting the episode for the fans out there. Thank you all out there for uh, supporting us. We've grown rapidly this season in large part thanks to the Jaguar success. We know you guys want to listen to our content based around the Jaguar success, but the Jaguar is coming off a 31-3 victory over the Houston Texans on Sunday, New Year's Day football, actually. Kyle, what were your thoughts coming out of that game? Um, yeah, I mean, dominated the game as far as the score is concerned. You know, we were never behind. It never looked like we were in trouble. Interesting looking at the stats. You know, I'm a number guy and, and kind of like to look at the stats after the game. Um, looking at that, we didn't necessarily blow them out. as, Like I said, as the stats would indicate, we had about 60 more total yards in them. The time of possession was pretty even. They actually had a slight edge on us. Um, you know, they didn't get a lot of first downs. They didn't move the ball, but, uh, the thing that, you know, not, not super concerning, but we were only four for four for 12 on third down. You know, we didn't keep the drives going. We did have, I think it was what three rushing touchdowns, um, and then a scoop and score, which certainly helped. Uh, I'm curious as to what our starting field position would be, but it it looks like maybe we had some decent field position to start. Uh, Only two penalties for us. We were two for two with touchdowns in the red zone. So definitely some good things to take away. Uh, But like I said, you know, 31 to three, we did blow them out, but it's not like the stats are completely lopsided, which is just always interesting. Yeah, you really can't ask for much more. And we talked last week about the Jaguars winning games they're supposed to win. And this was just another example of that. I mean, waking up groggy eyed New Year's Day, you turn on NFL game day morning, whatever it is, and all you want is a clean game, no injuries. And to get past a team, you should have no issues beating. We all know that game didn't matter as far as the standings are concerned. However, it did matter as far as like morale and, you know, team confidence going into week 18. You wanted to see this Jaguars team build on a three game win streak now a four-game win streak, and go out there and dominate a game against a team that they should dominate against. And that's exactly what we saw. Three rushing touchdowns, as you mentioned. Trevor did enough for us to win 17 of 21 through the air. Not a lot of yards, um, and I know you'll get to some more numbers on that. But really, you got to wonder what's going through a quarterback's mind as far as his game plan going into a game where there's a chance he's going to get pulled at halftime. And that's kind of what we saw. He did throw an interception. He got pulled in the third quarter. But what were your thoughts overall on kind of Trevor Lawrence and the offense there? 
Yeah, the 17 to 21, 80% completion percentage is amazing. Uh, Travis Etienne was averaging 12 yards a carry, um, just looking real good, a smooth runner. Uh, he did have a 62-yarder, of course, that certainly helped that average out. Um, something interesting about Trevor Lawrence, and we've noticed it watching the last uh, half of the season or so, but I saw a stat last night on ESPN that was talking about how he is actually uh, in the top five in most major quarterbacks categories for uh, passes that he's in the pocket for two and a half seconds or less. So the quick throws, you know, not necessarily where he has a deep drop back or scrambling, but the quick outs, you know, probably picking up the first downs, uh, the quick out routes, things like that. Um, which makes sense when you watch him play. It looks like some of his strengths are throwing to the outside, Evan Ingram to the outs, Zay Jones, as we've seen throughout the year, picking up the first downs on a quick out route. Um, those are tough throws to make in the NFL. Those are longer, of course, going to the outside as opposed to over the middle, um, tough angles to beat the cornerback. So that stat was actually pretty interesting. Uh, and I didn't realize that, you know, he had, we have been, you know, dropping back so quickly and that he, he's had such good success with that. Yeah, we, we've noticed recently how much success he's had as far as his decision-making goes, and he does have a quick release, which we talked about makes the offensive line look better. Um, Evan Ingram seems to have become such a useful tool for him as far as that reliable target. And so many great quarterbacks uh, over the past decades have had great tight ends to be able to rely on. Maybe that's what the Jaguars have found in Evan Ingram. You know, Doug Peterson coming from Philadelphia where they had Zach Ertz, who was such a, a massive piece for their Super Bowl run, now has his own here in Jacksonville with Evan Ingram. But on the defensive side of the ball, only allowing three points uh, for what, the, the second consecutive week, is it? Yeah. Um, they haven't allowed a touchdown in eight total quarters, which is impressive. Granted, you went against the Jets on Thursday night a few weeks ago. Now you're up against the Texans, so not the most prolific offenses in the league. However, it is still the NFL, and only allowing six total points through eight quarters of football has to build some confidence for that defense. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, you know, Texans not a ton to play for actually beneficial. If they keep losing the jets was a weather game last Thursday, but nonetheless to be able to hold each team to three points. Um, and on that note, I think our defense is like top three or top four, as far as takeaways and points off takeaways since week nine. So obviously we had some rough games to start the season. Some, uh, that the blowout um, against uh, the Lions. Yeah, against the Lions. But I think since then we've been pretty uh, locked down as far as, you know, forcing turnovers and scoring off of those turnovers. So um, perfect complement the style of offense that we play, how we can run the ball typically, um, and then stopping on defense. I mean, it, it definitely meshes well together. For sure. Well, really not much more to talk about regarding the Texans game. Uh, it was great to just get through that. Uh, with uh, without any worries or stress. Funny enough, in Savannah watching the game, saw more Jaguars logos in Savannah than I have over the last four years. And being there, I go there often, probably three or four times a year. And it was so exciting how much excitement there was for the Jaguars. And now that is spilling over into Week 18, of course, with a matchup on Saturday night versus the Tennessee Titans, 815 on ESPN. Uh, the, the Duval pride around the city is real right now. People are excited. The, the city hasn't been buzzing like this in quite some time. Kyle, what are your initial thoughts on this matchup coming up Saturday night? I'm excited. I mean, a primetime game Saturday night. I think the stadium is going to be uh, extremely filled, going to be packed. Um, hoping we can pull it out. We should win. I think we're, what, six-point favorites right now? Um, six and a half, something like that. So uh, it is a little nerve-wracking. Titans still are playing for something, despite how bad their last five weeks have been, despite being on their third quarterback, uh, despite not putting up many points. 
they are still in contention to win the AFC South. So we should not forget that this team is down, but they're not out. And if we, you know, for a second think that this will be a walkover, then we are going to lose this game. Um, you know, luckily the the stats point to uh, to us being the better team. Tennessee twenty eighth in scoring. Um, they're 25th in yards allowed on the defensive side. Um, they do have a decent defense as far as scoring is concerned, holding teams to field goals or forcing turnovers. I think they're 11th uh, in scoring defense, which is actually ahead of us. We're 12th in scoring defense. So um, the fact that, you know, 60% of their offense, if not more, runs through Derrick Henry, uh, it's always been the key to stopping them is stop the run, make them pass, and, and you know, win that way. So I can't imagine it's going to be anything different. We have Josh Dobbs starting for the Titans. Could be a revenge game. This is uh, probably like the third you know, person that we played, what was it against the, uh, the Ravens, Josh Oliver. And then there was somebody else where, you know, they were on the team for a little bit, nothing really came to them and then they moved on. So again, I know he's a backup quarterback and that tends to happen, but Josh Dobbs will be playing in Jacksonville. Um, and again, I think, you know, your odds are better with against Josh Dobbs than Malik Willis and against Ryan, than Ryan Tannehill. But again, the Titans are playing for a playoff spot. It's simple as that. Yeah, it's always scary. I'm, I'm looking at it now that the Titans, as everyone knows, have dropped uh, six consecutive games. Their last win was November 17th, 27-17 over the Packers. Um, they had a few close losses. They had one close loss to the Bengals. And then after that, it just spiraled out of control. Um, and a Texans loss a few weeks ago as well. And then a, a Cowboys loss this Thursday night before Christmas or, or before New Year's, excuse me. Um, they, they haven't had anything going, but what's scary about that is if I'm in the Titans locker room, you can put those six games behind you at this point, because not often can you go on a six game losing streak in this league and still be playing for a playoff spot in week 18 of the season. And that's where the Titans find themselves. Now, Mike Vrabel has had much success with the Tennessee Titans talked about it a few episodes ago, right here on the podcast, how Mike Vrabel does so much with that Tennessee team and doesn't have that many weapons. Hell, the the GM trades away A.J. Brown. Derrick Henry's hit or miss with injuries every now and then. And he's working with Ryan Tannehill, who's you know 10 years into the league and really hasn't established himself as an elite quarterback. He just continues to find ways to win. He does put a lot on the defense, which has showed up at times. Kevin Bayard is obviously a great safety uh, on the back end for the Titans. And then they have Jeffrey Simmons and some of the guys up front on the D-line who are, who are dominant, and uh, it's going to be a big test for this Jaguars offensive line going up against them. them excuse me. But a 36-22 victory a few weeks ago in Nashville built off of four turnovers by the Titans. Um, Kyle, do you see this game rhythm going anything like that, or do you think the, uh, the Titans come out a little bit more conservative, lean on the run, and uh, try and grind the, uh, the Jags defense down? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, in that game, they were running the ball, right? We forced two fumbles with Derrick Henry. Was that the game? So I don't know if that's going to happen again. I, Derrick Henry has been a little prone to fumbling lately, but I would imagine in this game, we're not going to get those opportunities. Uh, the turnovers will have to come from interceptions. But uh, I think, you know, as far as our game plan is concerned, we know who their biggest weapon is. We know where the ball's going. And I would imagine the Titans know that too. I don't think they're going to try to reinvent how they play offense. I don't think they're going to ask Josh Dobbs to throw, you know, 40 times in the <clears throat> in throughout the game. So uh, I would imagine their game plan will probably be tried and true to, to what they've done in the past. And, you know, as a defense, we just have to be prepared to stop that. Um, you know, maybe they do a little more play action, try to get Josh Dobbs running. I could see that to try to mix it up and throw us off. Um, but I, I would assume uh, most of it will be relying around Derrick Henry. Yeah, and uh, the a lot of the Titans starters getting rest last week in that Thursday night game against the, the Cowboys. 
So really, a lot of these guys haven't played since Christmas Eve against the Texans. So they, they've got plenty of time off. It's been uh, close to two weeks now for these guys. And for the rest of the guys that did play, uh, even with it being a Saturday game, they played Thursday night. They'll have about nine days of rest versus Jacksonville with five days of rest. Um, do you see that as a disadvantage at all? Or do you think the Jags are just hot right now? Let's get on the field as soon as possible. Yeah, I, I think we're hot. I don't think that's going to be a huge difference. Um, you know, like you said, a lot of our starters, or at least Trevor Lawrence was pulled halfway through the third. Um, you know, feel like they didn't have to play a full game, had plenty of time off or, you know, time to recover since then. So, um, yeah, I, in this in this in this instance for the division, I don't think the the amount of time off is really going to have a huge factor. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too concerned about it as a lot of people are. I think a lot of people are more concerned about it because some of the national media is bringing it up how the Jags didn't get Sunday night football and oh there's, you know, injustices against the Jacksonville Jaguars or whatever like no one wants to see us on primetime. It is what it is. You know, we'll start earning that respect slowly uh over the next few years hopefully. But ultimately, if a team like the Titans is on a six game skid, I want them getting as cold as possible. I want them building as much rust as possible. And for the Jaguars, I want there to be as little time as possible uh, between games, of course, with enough to rest and, and, and kind of recoup your body. Uh, but I have no problem with it at all. I, I think it's a cool spot for the Jaguars. Only two games on Saturday. You got the primetime spot over the Kansas City Chiefs who play on four, at 430 on Saturday. Um, so it's going to be a fun day of football on Saturday. Uh, let's anything else uh, from you on the Titans game, Kyle? No, looking forward to it. I mean, I think there's nothing wrong with the Saturday night game. It's kind of a little treat, right? You know, you don't always get Saturday night games, so it's still prime time. Um, the kids can stay up a little bit later. No school the next mm-hmm. day. You can go stay at the bars a little bit later. So um, I think we're in a great, great position. Eyes on Trevor Lawrence. You know, nothing really exciting going on on the Titans end as far as you know, recent weeks, but the Jags have been a pretty hot topic. They like Trevor Lawrence. A lot of people kind of have them, you know, he's not going to win the MVP, but, you know, in kind of in their top 10 as far as, um, you know, how they've been performing this year. For sure. I hope uh, some of the Jaguar fans are prepared for a full day of tailgating. Uh, we don't get that often in Jacksonville with those one o'clock games. You just kind of show up around nine thirty or 10, get a few hours of drinking and eating and you go into the game, but this is kind of a different animal at least the sun's not going to be blaring down like a september or october game um but it, it's going to be a fun atmosphere downtown uh, around the city for sure and with a victory the jaguars would get a home playoff game uh here next weekend either the 14th or the 15th i also think there's a monday night football playoff game this year for wild card weekend which is kind of a cool addition um to to the schedule so uh it, it'd be awesome for the city for the jags to go on a five-game win streak kyle First trivia question for you. When was the last time the Jags went on a five-game win streak? Oh, I think I thought I heard this. Was it like 2012, 11? No, 2005. Oh, I was going to say 2006 at first, but then I was like, where did I come up with that number? Been a long time. 2005, though, a lot of people forget that. Uh, I think that was a, a playoff year for us, unless it was 2004. We were coming off a 2004 run to the playoffs where we lost to none other than the New England Patriots, as is tradition in the playoffs. So, uh, But let's get to some other NFL news and notes here. Obviously, uh, the most glaring uh, thing going on in the NFL right now was was the injury to uh, Bill Safety, DeMar Hamlin, on Monday Night Football. Game got postponed, now canceled. Signs are that DeMar Hamlin is responsive. He FaceTimed with teammates. Um, really just a blessing uh, to, the, to the medical staff, getting him upright and getting him in, in good hands into the hospital. 
Uh, but Kyle, thoughts on that whole scenario, watching that play out? I mean, that was nothing I'd ever seen before. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. You know, sometimes a player is down, they have to get the stretcher out or the ambulance to cart them off, or, or not the ambulance, but a cart to cart them off. Um, you know, they'll go to commercial break, they'll come back, oh, he's still down, but he's, you know, moving, he's awake, whatever. That was not the case in this situation. We didn't hear that. The announcers didn't really know what to say. The second time they cut to commercial, they were back for 20 seconds, and then they're like, okay, we're going to go to another commercial. That's when I was like, okay, some something's not good here. Um, you know, they showed the players. Of course, the players are right there. They know what's going on. Um, yeah, just really unfortunate. Hadn't seen anything like that. Glad that the signs are pointing to him improving and that he's been doing okay. Um, obviously, road to recovery is going to be long. Football is probably the last thing on his mind and his family's mind. That's certainly not important now. Um, happy that he's alive because it definitely looked – bad when it happened um, yeah. and you know what wasn't really like a vicious hit that we've seen we've seen hits way way worse I think he was the one making the tackle so it's not like he was getting hit I, I think it was just he got hit in the wrong spot I, I don't really know going into cardiac arrest like that I'm not sure man it, it, it was wild it was like the the soccer player a couple years ago when that happened where he just went into cardiac arrest on the field yeah, they had mentioned that in the human body, and obviously I'm not a doctor or any anything like that, but they mentioned when the heart beats, uh, the, the heart itself gets closer to some sort of wall within your chest, and if it gets hit at the wrong time and the heart is too close to the wall, it can make your, uh, your neurons stop firing in the chest and it starts to uh, – what's the, I can't even think of the word, like flutter almost. Yeah, it's like um, a – an arrhythmia or something like that. Yeah. A- so, so he just got hit at the wrong time in the exact wrong place. I mean, it's just a freak incident. Obviously you feel for T Higgins living with that guilt. Luckily, DeMar Hamlin, uh, you know, wakes up and, and now it seems like he's okay and, and will be a long road to recovery, but just everyone involved in the incident, obviously, uh, you know, so close to, to the field and so close to the players uh, in the locker room and, and just the NFL brotherhood in general. Um, so obviously just a tragic incident there. Luckily, he does appear to be OK. But we move on to week 18. That game got canceled, obviously. Um, so those two teams, the Bills and the Bengals, will only be playing 16 games this season. Um, and, and we move on to week 18 where other teams will be finishing up their season with 17 games. But Kyle, what are you uh, what are you looking at into Week 18 as far as uh, matchups and and kind of storylines with some of the different uh, playoff scenarios that are going on, seeding scenarios, some good matchups out there as well. So so what are you kind of looking at? Yeah, so the only reason why I would say the Jags should have been on Sunday night is just because they have the Bengal or excuse me the Lions Packers, which should be a good game. Honestly, the way the Lions have been playing and the way the Packers have turned around, uh, the only thing is that game might not even matter depending on how the Seahawks game goes, correct? Like, I think that those games should have been going on at the same time. And the Jags, since we're not really dependent on much else, I guess we technically could still get the wild card or something. Um, But I think maybe a different game Sunday night would have been good. You know, I understand they want to have eyes on it. They want it to be a meaningful game. But I think if the Rams win, the Seahawks – or no, if the Seahawks win, then the Lions have no shot to make the playoffs, right? Yeah, so from what it looks like, scenario, from what it looks like to me, so the Seahawks beat the Lions way back in October, so they have the head-to-head over the Lions. Right. Yeah. The Packers and the Seahawks did not play each other this year, but the Seahawks have the tiebreaker over the Packers. So right now, the Seahawks' uh, conference record is five and six, and well, no, the Packers is six and five. So there might be a way. Could the Packers win against the Lions? 
that's what it is. If, even if the Seahawks win, if the Packers win, the Packers make it in. Right. But then the Lions aren't playing for anything, so how hard are they going to try? Is it worth playing hard to, to keep your, your division well, rival out of the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, that will still happen no matter what, so make no mistake about it. Um, you know, if they're not going to make the playoffs, they're going to want to ruin somebody else's day. Um, but, yeah, I would have just liked to see it, you know, where nobody knows kind of what's going on. I, I always love how they do that in the World Cup, during group play and all that. So uh, very interested in that game. Uh, you know, some of the others, the Giants-Eagles, I don't think the Giants will be playing anybody. They've already secured their spot, nowhere for them to go. Um Texans Colts just because if the Texans do win, you know, they the Bears get the one seed, I believe, if the Bears okay. also lose. So just some interesting things in that regard. Uh the Bears play the Vikings. The Vikings, I don't know if the one seed is still possible for them. If the Eagles lose and the Vikings win, uh, or maybe it goes to the 49ers. So I don't know. I should have printed off a huge uh map of the playoff scenarios, but uh I am looking forward to that that Packers Lions game just because you know, I said a couple weeks ago that the Packers were going to get hot. I don't know if I said it on the pod or just talking amongst friends, but, um, you know, I had a feeling that Aaron Rodgers was going to do Aaron Rodgers things, but I do love Dan Campbell and the Lions this year. So, uh, you know, excited for either one of those teams um, and looking forward to that. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of storylines obviously going around and I'm kind of looking at it now. What I will say is there is still an outside shot that the Jaguars make a wild card, even with a loss to the Titans. We obviously don't want it to get to that. But what that would involve would be a Browns victory over the Steelers, a Bills victory over the Patriots, and a Jets, Jets victory, victory over. over the Dolphins. Which and I then, think, oh, I'm sorry. No, and, and I'm trying to play this out right now in my head. Yeah, so if the Browns, the Bills, and the Jets all win and the Titans beat the Jags, the Jags would still get in as a wild card. That's a right. long shot. Obviously, and we don't want that to happen, but that's why, like we talked about winning last week's game was so important just in case something goes awry. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you want to win and just real quick, a last note on the Lions. They started the season one and six. They're currently eight and eight. So to finish the, the season above 500, even if the Seahawks beat the Rams, they are still playing for something like playing for above 500 is still a massive, uh, you know, kind of carrot to go try and grab. Um, after starting one and six. So, yeah. I mean, they started one and six. Once Dan Campbell got to like five wins, I think I said, you know, he saves his job. So if he gets to eight and eight or, uh, you know, eventually nine and eight, even if they don't make the playoffs, they might build that guy a statue because that's a huge turnaround. Um, a lot of positives to look forward to going into next year, whether you make the playoffs or not. Yeah. You finished the season eight and two in your last 10. Like that is just, that is craziness. Um, I wish we could go into more about like what the the seating would be one through three, but obviously there's a lot of confusion with what the procedures are going to be. And the NFL is allegedly meeting today with the owners and the competition committee approved of some scenarios that are going to be, I guess, uh, brought forth to the the owners and see what they all want to decide to do. But there's a bunch of stuff up in the air, so we can't really talk about that stuff per se. Um, But Anything else, Kyle, from you regarding the NFL? There's no reason to do buy or sell because we're at the end of the season. So um, not much else going on. I mean, I know there's a lot of scenarios, things up in the air for the seating. Um, You know, none of that might matter. I think if things just shake out in one way or the other where it would be, you know, this would have happened regardless. Uh, But also, you know, some things that are still up in the air. So. I don't think any of the players or any of the coaches or any of the owners are going to come out and say anything's unfair. I think everybody's on the same page. Crazy situation. Certainly would have been wrong to ask those players to finish the game that night. 
Mm-hmm. You try to force it into midweek, then you got, you know, oh, well, we only got three days rest, which is a huge difference, you know, going from like a Wednesday to a Sunday game. And then it's, well, do we push it to Monday? Oh, well, now we got the national championship on Monday. So do we push it to Tuesday? And then it's like, oh, well, the playoffs start on Saturday the following week. So I don't see the only way it would have worked is if we totally pushed back a whole weekend of football and just had like the Bengals and the Bills play on their own, you know, maybe this week and move everything else a week out. So I, I don't see another way around it. Yeah, or what you could have done is, yeah, push the playoffs back a week and no more buy between the conference championship and the Super Bowl, which kind of feels unnecessary anyway. You play week week 18 as it is, and if it feels necessary to play the Bills-Bengals game, then you play it the January 14th. First week, yeah. Um, so you just kind of leave it floating. If it needs to be played, you kind of have a flex date. You can play it. If it doesn't need to be played, then no need to worry about it. Uh, real quick, back to your point, uh, your your question on the NFC. If the Giants beat the Eagles and the Niners beat the Cardinals, uh, the Niners will get the number one seed. Okay, yeah, I knew there was a chance still because the Eagles lost their last two games. Um, but like I said, the Giants, I don't think they can improve their playoff position. I think they'll use this as a time to rest most of their players. You know, maybe Daniel Jones gets a couple live reps. Maybe the defense gets a couple live reps against Jalen Hurts. But I can't see them putting themselves in a position where they're going to get some unnecessary injuries. Yeah, uh, they. Are, I think they are locked in at six because they're two games behind the Cowboys and they are two games ahead of either the Seahawks or the Packers. So kind of like an unprecedented situation there. Yep. They're locked in at the sixth seed, albeit a wild card. Um, what I will say, though, is depending on how they play out, they could end up playing Minnesota versus uh, San Francisco. Right. Um, that, that's the only difference, I think, yeah. If, if they – yeah. Because if the Eagles win and the Niners win and the Vikings win, well, then I guess they could be playing Minnesota. Um, But there's a lot going on. But anyways, uh, Kyle, anything else from you before we sign off episode 148? No, happy we got in this little mini episode. Uh, Hopefully some more to come uh, next week. Hopefully all positive news and we have something to look forward to the following weekend. Yeah, and we will have to start game planning some off-season topics to talk about, whether it's positional ranks, draft talk, free agency stuff, uh, whatever it might be, just to keep putting out content on the channel for all you Jaguar fans out there. want to keep bringing you the best Jaguars content out there. Before we leave real quick, Kyle, don't want to jinx it, but what's your score prediction for the Jaguars-Titans game Saturday at 8-15? Yeah, I could see it being kind of like a dirty, ugly game. Um, You know, them running the ball, us running the ball, they have a decent defense. I'm thinking maybe... 21 to 14. I'm calling it as square as a game as you can get. Three touchdowns for us, two touchdowns for them. All right. I like it. I'm going to go unorthodox a little bit, but I'm going to go 26 to 13. Um, I think there's just a way that we get an awkward score. Uh, We saw 36-22 happen in Nashville a few weeks ago. Um, So I'm going to go 26-13. I don't think the Titans offense really brings much threat outside of Derrick Henry. And if they're running the ball, I don't think they're going to have many drives to score. I also think Trevor Lawrence has kind of gotten over a, an obstacle, a hump, if you will, and he's playing out of his mind. Um, and if the Jaguars are who we think they are, this is a game they win. You should be able to beat Josh Dobbs in a playoff clinching scenario. It's that simple. This isn't Patrick yeah. Mahomes. This isn't Josh Allen. This is Josh Dobbs. Right. So you got to win these games, especially against this opponent. You kind of gifted this opportunity against – a third string quarterback who's been with the team for like 17 days. He's yeah. only been there for like two weeks. So, but anyways, all right. 
Well, I appreciate you being here, Kyle. Fans out there, subscribe, like the video, comment your thoughts. Thank you for being here. Sorry for the late episode this week, but thank you for bearing with us. Uh, this will be on Spotify, Apple, as well as YouTube. But go enjoy uh, the, the end of the first week of the new year. Go enjoy the final season or the final week of the regular season, excuse me. But whatever you do, go make this world a better place and take care. How can I be the man when you're the man? How can I be the man when you're the man? How can I be the man when you're the man?